0: We're living in the age of podcasting, which also means the age of podcast networks with large back catalogs, long-running series, limited programming, and even cross-network collaborations. How are publishers supposed to keep this all organized? With Spreaker, of course. Spreaker's customizable publisher plan lets you organize your content exactly how you want it and gives you enough pod tech tools to monetize the largest back catalogs. If you're into premium offerings for subscribers, check out Spreaker's customized RSS feeds to upload and schedule exclusive content with ease. Or use our campaign manager to manage different campaigns from one central platform. Once your podcast business gets big enough, you can even add multiple networks to one account and collaborators assigned to each one. That helps keep the true crime series away from the comedy podcasts. And make sure you get the advertisements that will resonate the most with your listeners. So let's move from the age of podcasting to the age of the podcast network with Spreaker. Head to Spreaker.com to learn more. That's S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R.com.
1: Welcome to The Porch, here on Firefall Talk Radio, I'm Richard Grund. This is where we get back to basics. Our goal is to take a look at the Word of God, not to filter it, not to water it down, but to examine it as the Holy Spirit wrote it, following the example of the Book of Acts Church, and I believe in doing so, we can find the church that the Lord wanted, not the one that man created. We believe that the church age is still in effect, the fire, the fire of Pentecost still falls, and the goal of the porch has been to restore the priesthood of the believer and regain that world-shaking influence the early church had. More than ever in 2020, that is our goal. We have honed it in to the point that we are focused on creating the same power movement, and effect that the Book of Acts Church had. The Porch was created as an outreach of Solomon's Porch, Inc., a Florida non-for-profit. You can contact us at onsolomonsporch.org, or you can use firefalltalkradio.com to contact us with questions or requests. Also, ways to support us. Thank you to each and every one of you that do. We are dependent upon it. And we're hoping that in 2020 that the breakthrough blessings will come. And we can do everything that the Lord has given us vision to do. So welcome to each and every one of you. I welcome all of you that listen to us live here on Spreaker.com. The only place you can hear us live. And uh, archive, download it, share it. Also, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. Welcome. If you're paying attention, you know that there's a lot going on in the world. If you're not paying attention, then please wake up. That's what tonight's about. It's about the awakening remnant. More Christians were captured and slaughtered, beheaded by Boko Haram in Nigeria. Pray for them. Pray for the victims. Pray for their families. Pray for the fellow believers, and, you know, even pray that... The Lord would save and change the mindset of the terrorists that are doing harm. You also know that Australia is on fire. And you probably heard it had something to do with climate change and man is responsible. Well, the truth is man is responsible because now they've arrested, I think, 27 people for arson. The fires were set deliberately and possibly even for terrorism reasons. So pray. Pray for the people of Australia. Pray for the, the homes and lives that have been destroyed and the animals that have suffered because of this. We definitely live in a fallen world and unfortunately the innocent suffer. You also know that something is going on in the Middle East. Well, there's always something going on in the Middle East, but this was very specific involving Iran and America and don't fret. Don't worry. Know that we are where we're supposed to be in the prophetic timeline. Pray. Make sure you pray. Start out by praising him. Don't go into his presence asking for something. Go into his presence with thanksgiving. Go into his presence praising him. So I, I'm going to start out. Uh, and you probably wonder why I do this each and every week. Because I won't preach, teach, teach do anything involving the word unless I praise him first. I know what he did for me. I know who I was before he saved me. I know the grace that he's given me all these years walking with him and serving him. I know that he gave me back my home, the the wife and the sons that I discarded. So I praise him for that. I praise him for my home, praise him for my wife, praise him for my sons. Now daughter, they, have, they have wives, so I have daughter-in-laws and I have a grandson. And we've got furry kids. So I'm blessed. I, the home that I'm doing this in and in the technology and everything that he's allowed me to acquire, I'm blessed. The protection, the angelic covering, the power of prayer, that Psalm 91 uh, availability that we have, I'm blessed. So I praise him. I praise him for the dreams and the visions which right now are just non stop. If I close my eyes, they're happening. I praise him for the healing and the the promises of his word, healing virtues are still available. He still heals. And I know some of you write me, and, and you have needs, and all I can tell you is I am praying for you, others are praying for you, but you need to speak to things not as they are, but as they should be, in accordance with his word. You need to speak the word out loud. You need to change the atmosphere around you instead of becoming an, oh, woe is me, whiner and that doesn't get That doesn't change anything in the spirit realm. That just empowers the enemy. No matter what's going on, turn your head up. Get your eyes on him. Turn your eyes to the throne room. And even if it just means you can barely turn your head up that way, then do it. Let the enemy know that you won't give in. You won't retreat. You won't surrender. I praise him for being a new creation, living in these prophetic times. Oh, my goodness. These are amazing times. They are sometimes fearful, but definitely prophetic. I praise him for being in America, a country that, while it has itch, it's, its its problems, couldn't say those words together, I don't know, this could be one of those nights, um, yeah, it's got problems, but the fact is, we're doing this, and nobody's stopping us, nobody's kicking in the door, nobody's threatening to put us in jail yet, that may come, I believe it will eventually, but not right now, so I'm thankful I live in America. I praise him for the signs that he's getting ready to return. Folks, I cannot tell you the day or the hour. I cannot tell you it's this year or next year or when it is, but I know it soon. I can feel it in my spirit. I can see it in the signs of the times, and I am excited. I am getting ready and, and going to get more ready, and I pray that you get ready. To do that, we got to pray. First, we have to pray for the Middle East. We have to pray for Israel and the peace of Jerusalem, which means the return of the Prince of Peace. Pray that your Jewish brothers and sisters find HaMashiach, find Messiah, and become complete in Him. I pray for the fatherless, the widows, the innocents, and the victims of injustice so much injustice in the world. It's one of my buttons, and I have to be careful because the enemy uses it to push me over into frustration and anger and other things, and I've got to remember who I am and who he is, but I also remember that there are people being victimized, victimized by the world, victimized by the enemy, victimized by circumstances, the system, whatever, but I know that they have a champion. I know that they have someone who will rescue them, and I'm going to stand in the gap for them. I pray against the slaughter of the innocents, another one of my buttons, the victims of sex trafficking. uh, It's become a new focus, and, and I continue to pray for the young men and the young women that get tricked into it, kidnapped into it, the children that are being abused, just the horrific, satanic, demonic nature of it. I pray for our brothers and sisters around the world being slaughtered and persecuted for their faith. The religious persecution, the anti-Semitism, the things that are happening in accordance with prophecy tells me that the spirit of the Antichrist has grown bolder. Therefore, we must stand in the gap and we must stand with them. To do that, we must pray for divine wholeness, health, and healing, getting back to our divine design. Let's stop accepting our circumstances. And start believing that he still heals. That he is the divine physician. So I'm praying for each and every one of you right now. All the way down to the cells in your body. Down to the strands of DNA. Be healed in the name of Yeshua HaMashiach. Jesus the Messiah. Be made whole. Heart, mind, body, soul, and spirit. I pray for protection I pray that you would understand that as we go on in this series. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about warfare. you got to take your stand. you got to dig your heels, and you got to hold up that shield of faith. I'm praying for inspiration, for the Holy Spirit to inspire each and every one of us to become what we're ordained to be. And whatever you're called to do, that you would do it for the remnant, that's who I'm focused on. I know the the church at large doesn't want to hear what I have to say. I know I'm never going to be invited by them. And I know that the people listening are specific. They've been drawn to it. They want more. They know that there's more. They want more in their walk. They want more in their life. They don't want pablum Christianity. If that's what you want, I'm not the guy. If you want your ears tickled and told everything's okay when it's not, I'm not the guy. But if you want to know how to press on, press through, take care of yourselves and your family in these coming dark days, then stay here. I'm praying that those that can will rise up now. Answer the call to action. If you've been blessed, then be a blessing. If God has blessed your bank account, then bless us. I'm, I'm going to be bolder. I'm going to do things that I've always been uncomfortable with, but I feel so sure of the timing. I mean, we need the people that God has blessed to bless Firefall, to bless SRT, to bless uh, the documentary and everything that we're trying to do to expose the enemy and set the captives free. So agree with us in prayer that the doors would open, that we're going to finish this documentary one way or the other uh, sometime next month, maybe in March. The founding members of SRT, myself, Larry, and Joe are going to meet in New England with our cameraman, Greg, and we're going to finish it. We're going to get the final footage edit this thing together, sew it together and lay that tapestry out there to expose the enemy and set the captives free. I pray that we would prosper in accordance with his word and that his blessings would flow through to us to fund the dreams and the visions and to help the people and even to help the animals. I have a heart for that as well. Continue to pray for Pastor Shelley. He's recovering from the uh, insertion of the stint in his heart. He had a couple of uh, tough days, but he turned around and he's, he's recovering. So continue to pray for that. Continue to pray for the final conclusion of some legal matters and adversity that are afflicting um, our family, us and uh, son, oldest son and daughter-in-law, that God's favor, his divine abiding favor would be applied. And of course, for each and every one of our lost family members. Peggy in Alabama, she has um, a praise report. There's an attorney that she worked for for 13 years, a retired colonel. His son attended West Point and was serving as a helicopter pilot. It was his barracks that they that got hit in Afghanistan two years ago. Well, she had stopped working for Bill about a year ago, and she did not know if his son had been deployed or where he was or what was going on. And um, the retired general, her former employer, called her. And let her know that her his son had been stateside for three days before the attack on the Baghdad embassy. And he had been given the option of six months or a year. And he chose a six-month assignment, which brought him home days before that attack. And God had led him. And she just wants to praise God. That's her praise report, that God is good. Woody in Central Florida. He has an additional prayer request for his father. You know, we've been praying for him. And folks, I don't do this to waste time. I mean, I could use this time in the Bible study. We're a part of a community. We are a family for those of you that want to be. So we have to take care of one another. We have to pray for one another. We have to stand with each other every day. If one can put a 1,000 to flight and two can put 10,000 to flight, just think about this family that has grown here on the porch and this community that has grown couple of weeks ago, he checked into the rehab and detox center and only lasted five days before he checked himself out. And the same day, he went home and got drunk again. We convinced him to try again, checked himself in again last Saturday, and is checking himself out again after only four days. The doctor says it takes 28 days, but he needs to want to quit to stop his addiction. Now, somebody else, I'm just going to offer a prayer request for them, has a nephew with the same issue. He said, if I can please ask you to pray for him, that God gives him some kind of revelation or make him want to quit for the sake of his health and his salvation and him being around longer to enjoy his children and family. He also just found out that his sister has two cysts in her brain and an enlarged cerebellar atrophy that may be linked to deme- dementia. Wow. She had a brain tumor 10 years ago taken out and had a checkup last week. Please pray that God would remove this cyst from her brain and the atrophy enlargement. She's uh, still young. And to top it all off, her husband cannot work due to um, MS. Which brings me to the person who didn't ask for this but I'm going to do it anyway. Somebody that I pray for and um, out in Indiana. She has a nephew who's an addict. Everybody in the family has cut him off. She has tried to help him, tried to show him unconditional love, agape love, and um, he showed up at her house again. Finally, she convinced him to go into rehab. She took him there, and he lost it on her, said some ugly things, got angry, but went in anyway, and she's got her own issues. She has MS, not debilitating yet, but possibly so, and she also has a son with autism. She has her own issues, and... um. If you could remember Michelle and her family, especially her nephew, that God would strengthen them and keep them in there and set them free. Stacy in Texas, uh, she offers a happy New Year. She wasn't uh, didn't get her thing in in time last week. She hopes everyone's doing okay. She looks all forward to everyone seeing us uh, again, and we're going to talk about that. We may do something again um, this summer. Thankful for to be a part of the family. Continue to pray for her and her family. Um, they're dealing with some stuff. They need some breakthroughs. They need some healing. Her horse Jesse doing better, um, but she's not there yet. And with Stacy going to back to work on Monday, it's going to be difficult to see her daily. So she's praying for a home so that she can bring Jesse home with her. And God needs to touch this family. So please pray for Stacy. And her family. And finally, Kim and Fort Mitchell. Kim, I always save you for last. Because I save the best for last. Or one of the better ones for last. And, of course, you don't make me say y'all. She says, I'm doing good. I uh, praise the Father for my salvation and my sobriety. I would have nothing without them. praise him for the be- these beautiful moments he shares with me. Speaking through people. I praise him for my children, my family, my dog Bruno. I praise of my friend Stacy and the bond we share. I'm so very thankful for the porch community and being able to pray with each other. I praise him for everything he provides to me, small or big. Father, end times are here, it feels like. One week in the new year, and there's chaos everywhere. The fires in Australia, it hurts my heart, she says. I can't even read the stories out there without melting down. Protect the remaining people and animals. Wars and rumors of wars, that's what you said. I trust you. I'm asking you to protect your people all over the world. Protect our children and animals. Provide for our families and break the chain that keeps us from spreading your word. Bless us and favor us in Jesus' name. So, Father, we come to you right now. We have praised you and we have prayed to you. And now we just lay it all at your feet. Because we love you. You are awesome. You are an awesome Abba, Father, Papa, Daddy. We know how much you love us because you sent your only begotten son to die for us. We know it in our heart. We know it in our mind. We know it in our soul and our spirit. But I'm asking each and every listener right now, Lord, that you would bestow upon them the reality, the sense, the touch, the feel, the presence of the love of the Father in their heart, in their mind, in their soul, in their spirit. And let that love wash away all the fear and all the brokenness and all the failures and all the rejection. We thank you for the cross, Lord. We thank you for what you endured. We thank you for everything that you've done, everything that you've said, everything that you're going to do because we long to see you face to face. And we thank you, Holy Spirit, for walking with us, putting up with us, encouraging us, never looking the other way, never tolerating our foolishness, but never condemning us either. So I'm asking you, to open the hearts and minds of every listener to hear what they need to hear, to see what they need to see. If they don't have you inside of them in the gifts and the fruit of the Spirit, then I pray right now, in the name of Yeshua, they would be filled to overflowing with the gifts and the fruit of the Spirit. Bless this time, bless our technology, Lord. And we just give you all the honor, all the glory, and all the praise. In Yeshua's name, amen. are proprietary information, except where noted the information comes from outside sources. The combination of that information, the matter presented, is exclusive, cannot be repeated or used without permission. The date of this broadcast serves as the registered date of the following information. So last week, we talked about a 2020 vision. If you haven't listened to it, you should do so, because much of what I'm about to say now and probably in the coming weeks was established already, forgive me for making all that noise, established already last week. We talked about Habakkuk chapter 2, verses 2 through 4, where the Lord said to him, Write the vision, make it plain on the tablets, that he may run who reads it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it will speak and it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it, because it will surely come. It will not tarry. Behold the proud, his soul is not upright in him, but the just shall live by his faith. So write down his vision, Uh, not yours, unless it lines up with his. Make sure that whatever you think his vision is, has been confirmed and lines up with the word. That's it, pure and simple. There are people out there that claim they have a vision from God that has absolutely nothing to do with the Word, to do with His kingdom, doesn't further the gospel or His kingdom. And at an appointed time, what that means is a determined, specific time in God's eyes. He has already established it. We may not understand it because He's outside of time. And though it tarries... Wait for it. God knows his plan, and how it works out will be in accordance with his purposes. His purposes for the kingdom, his purposes for you, his purposes for the vision that he's given you. So what that means is, the godly, the awakening remnant, they're responsible to study his word. They're responsible to proclaim the revelation from that word and to await its fulfillment. Because it will come. It's been assured that the fulfillment will happen. And why am I assured? Because it's based on God himself. It's not based upon me. Not based upon you. Not based upon circumstances. It's based upon him. It won't tarry. It won't be delayed. It won't take any longer than he declares it absolutely has to. And the proud that he refers to in verse 4 is talking about, at that point, the Babylonians, which to me represent an ungodly pagan society. Hmm, like now. Even though we say we are a nation of the Lord, but the truth is we're very much, in many ways, like Babylon. The world is very much like Babylon. The Babylonian spirit, that demonic spirit, lives on. They've exalted themselves. They've boasted of their own conquest and power. They, they're not upright. They have no regard for God, his commandments, his word, or even his people. Be careful about the people you applaud. While what they say may be true, just remember that in the midst of everything they're saying, they don't like you. They think you're a fool. You believe in fairy tales. Well, I know I'm not a fool. I know I don't believe in fairy tales. And given the opportunity, I would tell them so. But the just are going to live by faith. And if you are going to be a part of the awakened, awakening remnant, we're not awakened yet. I talked about that at the SEA conference. I laid out everything to the point of the awakened remnant. So right now, I just want to wake you up. Some of you think you are, but you're not. So right now, we're awakening the remnant. If you know somebody that you think is a part of the remnant, send them the link. Download it. Listen to it with them. They may go somewhere on Wednesday night to hear a Bible study. I'm not trying to relate, uh, replace their pastor, their preacher, their teacher, whatever. They can listen to it anytime. But the just are going to live by faith because your faith is going to be shaken. You're going to be looking at circumstances going, Lord, I don't know how this is going to happen. But then you have to add, but you do. I'm going to live by that. I'm going to live by the fact that you're as good as your word. You're not a practical joker. You're not a man that you should lie. And righteousness, true righteousness, upright character before God is based in a genuine faith in him. See, the proud person relies on themselves. They rely on their own power. They rely on their own position, their wealth, their accomplishment. A righteous person has no hope but to rely on the Lord. And never forget this thing about Habakkuk. We hardly ever talk about him. He's one of the minor prophets. That name means embrace because he was embraced by God and he embraced the difficult task and the vision that he had to encourage them and correct them in a time of national crisis. He had a sense of justice, and he hated injustice. And that passion inside of him would not let him ignore the unrighteousness around him. He would not turn a blind eye. You can't do that. You have to be in love. You have to be in compassion. But you cannot turn a blind eye to things being a, a member of the uh, entertainment uh, film industry, still a member of Screen Actors Guild. I don't turn a blind eye to what they do, what they represent, what they promote. I pray. I pray for the people I know in it. I pray for the opportunity to be a living witness to the light. I pray to be able to expose the enemy. But most of all, I pray for them to get saved, healed, and delivered, and not spend eternity in a lake of fire. But I do not turn a blind eye to what they do and what they represent. The other thing about Habakkuk and the other thing about the awakening remnant is worldly affairs no longer fill his thoughts. Let me say that again. Worldly affairs no longer fill his thoughts. His thoughts are above. They're on heaven. They're on the Lord. They're on the kingdom. And instead of being ruled by worldly considerations... Habakkuk fixed his hope on God. He realized that God loved his creatures, loved his creation. And he was the source of the prophet's strength and joy. Habakkuk 3, verses 18 and 19, the Amplified Version. Yet I will choose to rejoice in the Lord. I will choose to shout in exultation in the very victorious God of my salvation. The Lord God is my strength, my source of courage, my invincible army. He has made my feet steady, sure, like hind's feet, makes me walk forward with spiritual confidence on my high places of challenge and responsibility. Oh, I know we talked about this last week, but I this, this thing that he discovered about the higher ground, some of you don't get it. You're still wallowing in the valley. You're still, you're still clinging to to the, the lower edge of the rock. You're afraid to climb up. You're afraid to reach up. You're afraid to look up. Well, in the name of Yeshua, I bind that spirit of fear. Get those hind feet, even if it's just a little step at a time. Climb out of that hole. Climb out of that darkness. Climb out of that depression. Stop wallowing in it. I want you to start seeing your depression like it's mud or muck or manure. Don't wallow in it. It's just, it's horrible. It's killing you. It's affecting your friends and your family and everybody around you. Whatever it is you're wallowing in, stop. Doctor, doctor, hurts when I do this. Well, don't do that. Get up. Clean yourself off. Trust in him. Habakkuk. Wanted the higher ground. He changed his vision. He changed his viewpoint. He had a higher viewpoint. That's what I want you to have. I want 2020, your vision, to be a higher viewpoint. Stop seeing yourself the way you have in the past. (coughs) Excuse me, dealing with little sinus issues. I want you to stop seeing yourself the way other people see you. I want you to stop listening to the condemnation and the criticism. I want you to see yourself with the eyes of the Lord. I want you to get a higher view of yourself. I want you to get a vision change. I want you to get a higher view of him and his plans for you. Put off, put off the old thoughts and the old conduct. The, the old person, the old man, the old woman, the old nature, that old flesh. But be renewed in the spirit of your mind. If that's where the attack is, then pray for it every day. I pray for the spirit of my mind. I pray for the mind of Messiah. I pray to cast down every vain imagination that exalts itself above the knowledge of El e. on God Most High, my Father. You're in a war. You live in a war zone. This is not our home. And it's ongoing 24-7. The minute you wake up to the time you go to sleep, get a warfare mindset that that's what a remnant an awakened remnant does You get a warfare mindset, and if you don't have it, that's okay. We're working on it. You are awakening to that. Don't be conformed by this world. We say that again. Do not be conformed. I like that word con don't be conformed. By the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that which you may prove what is good and acceptable in the perfect will of God. That's scripture, Romans 12:2. And you must have a twenty-twenty vision of His word, His will, and His ways. The awakening remnant must acquire and apply these precepts. You must have eyes to see, or you're going to you're going to be fooled. How many people got fooled into thinking, oh my God, World War III, we're all going to die. Maybe you didn't do the Muppet version of it, but that's what I saw on social media. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean, Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he'll direct your paths. Praise must become your lifestyle. Not a part of. It must be your lifestyle. Praise as a lifestyle is required to the awakening remnant. Maybe you have a difficult time doing that. I don't know why I don't, never have. It's just, I guess, in my nature. Even as a child, I was the kid that got up at weddings and danced to everything and made a fool out of, well, not myself. I was too young to know what I was doing. My parents and the people that invited us. But being free that way, now, praising him, I don't care where I am. I'll praise him. I'll sing songs to him. I'll lift my hands to him. And if need be, I'll speak in tongues. I don't care. Whatever the Spirit says do, I'm going to do. But get the Scriptures down. Psalm 34, 8. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man or woman who trusts in him. Psalm 37:34. wait on the Lord and keep his way, and he shall exalt you to inherit the land. When the wicked are cut off, you shall see it. Psalm 40, verse 3, I like this one. I added on to it. He has put a new song in my mouth. Praise to our God. Many will see it in fear and will trust in the Lord. A new song. David's praise to God was about salvation. And the music was new. Because what God had just done for him in, in that aspect was new to David. So when God does something new, when God brings a new blessing, a new experience, a new revelation, when he does something new in your life, what song are you singing? Are you singing it all? I think we've become so cool and so casual and la da that we've lost that foolish passion Maybe you had it when you were a baby convert and you didn't know uh, that there were rules and people didn't want to hear you and didn't want to see you, and somebody shut it down and they they crimped the spirit and they clamped it down right now in the name of Jesus, chains off, volume knobs off, begin to praise him. Do it in your car on the way to work. Do it wherever you, you can and get away with it, not get arrested and institutionalized. But if that happens, so be it. Let us know. We'll come get you. But you want to be a part of the remnant, or do you just want to be part of the rabble? Do you want to sit on the sidelines? Do you want to be a spectator? What is it that you want? I'm, I've never been a spectator mentality. I've always been the bull in the china shop. Show me what wall i got to run through, and I'll keep doing it until I break through. It's, it doesn't matter. Be a part of the remnant. Be a part of those that are going to make the change. Be a part of those that are the end time inspiration and fire and world changers. Oh, I, you know, I see these these TV shows and the the Christian television, the dog and pony show. I see it. Everybody thinks they're a part of the remnant. Everybody thinks that they're going to change things from inside of a comfortable pew in an air-conditioned arena that's probably costing tens upon tens of thousands of dollars a month to rent and afford and do all that, and they've circled the wagons, and they feed themselves, and nobody gets saved, nobody gets healed, nobody gets delivered. I'm sorry, that's not a remnant mentality. The remnant mentality are those that he has set aside to work the harvest to set the captives free, to do what hasn't been done by the other part of the bolt of material that is now wrinkled and stained and unusable. But go with me to First Kings chapter 19. I want to show you the aspect of a remnant. So we're talking about Elijah. He has run from Jezebel. He did Mount Carmel. Fire fell. Jezebel threatened him and he went, Ah, I got to run. And he did. He ran. Why, I don't know. So I'm going to ask him. When the fi- when the end finally comes and we get to meet all these people, I want to sit him down and say, "Explain to me. You called down fire. Fire came, ate the offering, the wood, the stones, the water. Everything's gone. You got all the prophets of, of Baal and and Ashtaroth and Jezebel's servants killed, and then she threatened you and you ran. Hey, explain this to me. So he's run." He's been fed at the the brook Cherith by the ravens. The angel has come and made him a cake and kicked him in his feet, and he has to go on in the strength of that food for 40 days and 40 nights as far as Horeb, the mountain of God. And there he went into a cave and spent the night in that place. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him and said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? So he said, I have been very zealous for the Lord God of hosts, for the children of Israel have forsaken your covenant, torn down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. I alone am left, and they seek to take my life. I wonder if he had his hand on his head. Oh, woe is me. But the Lord was gentle to him. He said to him, verse 11, Go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind tore into the mountains and broke the rocks in pieces before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still small voice, a delicate whispering voice, And so it was when Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood in the entrance of the cave. And suddenly a voice came to him and said, What are you doing here, Elijah? Now, when God asks you the same question twice, it doesn't mean he didn't hear you. It doesn't mean he didn't understand you or that he stutters. He's trying to get you to get the right answer. But, Elijah gives him the same answer. I've been very zealous for the Lord God of hosts because the children of Israel have forsaken your covenant, torn down your altars, killed your prophets with the sword. I alone am left and they seek to take my life. That tells me that this has been rolling through his head. He's been mulling on this. He's probably said that to himself over and over and that has driven him into the depression he's been in. And so what does the Lord do? He gives him an assignment Verse fifteen, the Lord said to him, "Go, return your way, go, return on your way, to the wilderness of Damascus. And when you arrive, anoint Hazael as king over Syria. You shall also anoint Jehu, son of Nimshi, as king over Israel. And Elisha, the son of Shaphat of Abel Mahola, you shall anoint as prophet in your place." Hint, hint. You're either getting a promotion or being reassigned. And it shall be that whoever escapes the sword of Hazael, Jehu will kill. Whoever escapes the sword of Jehu, Elisha will kill. Yes, folks, prophets did draw the sword and kill people. Verse 18, here's the bombshell that answers everything that Elijah's been thinking, feeling. The Lord says, yet I have reserved 7,000 in Israel, all whose knees have not bowed to Baal. And every mouth that has not kissed him. No matter how alone you feel. And I've been there. No matter how much you feel like you're the only one. God always has a remnant. That's what he was saying to Elijah. I get it. I understand what you're feeling. But there's 7,000 others that have not bowed to Baal. Not Participated in worship towards Him, they serve me. Paul refers to that in Romans 11 when people think that Israel has been rejected by God and cast away, and he says, Certainly not. And he lays it all out and he talks about Elijah and Baal and all that, and he said in verse 5. Even so then, at this present time, there is a remnant according to the election of grace. So if anybody wants to tell you that Israel's been rejected and the church has replaced them, take them to Romans 11. Actually, you can take them to the whole book of Romans. Elijah thought that the whole nation of Israel had fallen away. But he was wrong. There are moments that I think all of America has fallen away. Oh, yes, I I hear the prayers. I see the people. I see all the stuff going on. And I see the enemy having a heyday and not very many people doing much about it. I see the sin, the debauchery, the perversions, especially in Europe. Oh, my goodness. But I bet there are praying people there. I bet there are people on their knees. I bet there are people who are doing the best with spiritual warfare that they know to do. Maybe nobody's taught them. Maybe nobody's shown them. Maybe nobody's helped them get to that next level. The Lord turns us loose, we will. But the remnant in Elijah's day was proof that God will not cast off or give up on his people. And that's what Paul was saying. He is faithful. There's still many people faithful to the living God whether it's the 7,000 that wouldn't worship Baal, or the person next door, or the person at the gym, or somebody who looks you in the eye and, and they get it, they know you're a believer, I can spot them. I can see it in their eyes. But I'm trying to encourage you to get you ready that there is a community like this, others like this, that every day their lives may not be spectacular, But they live faithfully for God. So my question, if you notice lately, I keep asking you questions. My question for you is, are you remnant ready? Are you ready to be awakened? Are you ready to take your place? Remember I said Colossians 3, 2, set your mind on things above and not things on earth, on the the heavenly, not the terrestrial. But the problem is, many in the church are asleep. I meet people. I try to share some of these things. I try to encourage them, whether over the phone or in person or whatever. And I can see it in their eyes. It's like they're... Did you ever talk to somebody when they're first waking up? They're listening, but they're not hearing. That's what happens. You look at them, you look in their eyes, and they just... They don't get it. It doesn't move them, doesn't touch them. They're sitting someplace that has lulled them to sleep. Lullaby, lullaby. That's the church, the majority of the church right now. They've been lulled to sleep. Oh, they got the smoke and the mirrors and the sound and the speakers. and They they got the show. They got all that. You don't see people going down and getting saved, healed, and delivered. You don't see new converts. You see transferred saints. That was one of the things I learned the hard way by sitting in a large church, and it wasn't large as some go large. It sat a 1,000 people, had 2,000 people on its roles, that ought to tell you something. But the fact is, the same handful of people did everything. When the warfare came, the same two or three of us, myself, Shelly, and maybe one or two other people, until eventually it was just me and Shelly, stood back to back and took on all the enemy that came. Stay with me in Romans. Go to chapter 13. I'm going to read you the amplified version, but I'm going to give you an aspect of what it's going to take to be a part of the awakening remnant. And this, this series will probably go on for a couple of weeks. I don't know how long. But I know I have a lot to teach on this. Romans ten thirteen, starting in verse 10, amplified. Love does no wrong to a neighbor. It never hurts anyone. Therefore, unselfish love is the fulfillment of the law. So do this, knowing that this is a critical time. It is already the hour for you to awaken from your sleep of spiritual complacency. For our salvation is nearer to us now than when we first believed in Messiah. The night, this present evil age, is almost gone, and the day of Messiah's return is almost here, so let us fling away the works of darkness, and put on the full armor of light. Let us conduct ourselves properly and honorably as in the light of day, not in carousing and drunkenness, not in sexual promiscuity and irresponsibility, not in quarrelling and jealousy, but clothe yourself with the Lord Yeshua Hamashiach, Jesus the Messiah, and make no provision for, nor even think about gratifying the flesh in regard to its improper desires and while you were speak while I was speaking, the Lord was speaking to me and, and I did very good. I tripped up a little bit. Cause I was thinking if 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 that was the time, the night of that evil age was almost gone and the day of Messiah's return was almost here, what happened? What happened? What why are we still dealing with that night? Was it a time issue or was it a church issue? And I heard him say, the church didn't do what I told them to. They didn't shine the light. They didn't light the light. They let the the oil go out and the wicks were not trimmed. So the, the night, this darkness has stayed longer than it was intended to. But to be a part of the remnant, to be a part of the ones that are called out by God, that you have got to set aside all these other things and start living to a higher moral conduct. We're all guilty of it. Every now and then the old nature fires up. Usually either we're tired or we're irritated, we're overwhelmed, and suddenly that zombie comes back to life. Feed me and and it wants to be fed. And zombies don't they don't eat nice, they don't like, you know, wear napkins and no, they tear things apart. And that's what happens when that nature in our flesh rises up. But we've got to get control of it. We can't be angered or frustrated or easily provoked. Let your yes be yes and your no be no. If, if deceit or lying is an issue, then you better deal with it. It's the one thing the Holy Spirit hates the most. If you've been blessed, bless others. Look for a way to bless others. And it's not always about money. I mentioned last week, you can tithe your time. 10% of every day, give it to the Lord in prayer. Start praying for people. Pray for them by name. But Paul was saying, you must live higher. Not only do you have to have a higher viewpoint, you have to have a higher walk. You have to aspire to... Um, moral excellence, if you will, putting on the Yeshua HaMashiach, putting him on as a, as a cloak, putting him on as a as a um to you know submitting to his lordship and walking with him through the Holy Spirit, accepting his standards. What would Jesus do? Yeah, that was the catchphrase. They sold the books and the bracelets and and the cups, and not a whole lot changed. We have to live in constant fellowship with him, and we need to depend upon his strength. See, this awakened remnant concept, the awakening remnant, is just that. You're coming out of a sleep. You're coming out of a slumber. You didn't even know you'd fallen asleep. Have you ever had that happen? You don't even know where you are. I, I don't remember falling asleep. What time is it? What day it is? For a brief moment, you're totally confused, and I see a lot of people like that spiritually. We need not only to wake up, but just to be, do it clear-headed. So let's walk as a habit in the Spirit, meaning seeking Him and being responsive to His guidance. If you do that, you will not carry out the desire of of your sinful nature, which is still there which responds impulsively without regard for God or his word or his precepts. That sinful nature is still entwined in your DNA. You're born again, yes, but you still have the human body. You haven't gotten the glorified body yet. In anything that opposes the spirit, we need to shut down. We need, through the Holy Spirit, to oppose it. Be in opposition to it as much as it's in opposition to us. We need as believers in the King of kings and the Lord of lords to do good, to not do the things we don't want to do, which we know is sin. But if you're guided by and led by the Spirit, you're not subject to the law. And I'm sorry, anybody who's still trying to live by the law is not born again. They do not know him. And they're doing it because they don't want to live right. They want to live in accordance with precepts that they don't really honor. They don't want to be subject to the Spirit. They don't want to be convicted by their actions, so they make believe that they live by the law. Fools. Fools. Anybody who lives by the law is a fool. But the practices of The sinful nature of man in our society and all around us, it's evident. It's sexual immorality, it's impurity, it's sensuality, total irresponsibility, lack of self-control. It's idolatry, it's sorcery, it's hostility and strife, it's jealousy, fits of anger, disputes, dissension, factions that promote heresy envy, drunkenness, riotous behavior, and other things like these, which Paul said, I warn you beforehand, just as I did previously, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, unselfish concern for others, joy, that inner peace, patience, not the ability to wait, but how we act while waiting, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Messiah Yeshua have crucified their sinful nature with its passions and appetites. If we claim we live by the Holy Spirit, we must also walk by the Spirit with personal integrity, godly character, and moral courage. Our conduct should be empowered by the Holy Spirit. I give you an amplified version of Galatians five sixteen through 25 I could have simply said, be sober, well-balanced, and self-disciplined. Be alert and cautious at all times. The enemy of yours, the devil, Hansatan, the adversary, the fallen, prowls around like a roaring lion, fiercely hungry, seeking someone to devour. First Peter 5, eight. It's all your choice. Did you know that? choice. Yeah, in uh, uh, um, the memes and the politics, I am pro choice. Well, you know what I am too? I'm pro choice that you could choose between right and wrong. I'm pro choice that you could choose life. I'm pro choice that you could choose to follow Jesus of Nazareth as Lord of your life. I'm pro choice that you can live in the light and not the darkness. I'm pro choice that you can keep your mind on things above and not act like you're from below. it's the choice. Because when you make those choices, you wind up being pro-life. But the world doesn't want to hear that. They want catchphrases. They want labels. They want to block you into a corner, and they don't want to let you out. Well, if you're going to be a part of this awakening remnant that's going to have an effect on the end, you can't get blocked in the corner. you got to see it coming. I have so much more here. I'm going to stop here because I don't want to get into another thought and then have to shut it down.
0: Well, I got halfway
1: through. This is important. I believe it's important. Hopefully you do too. Hopefully each and every week here on the porch you get changed from glory to glory, precept by precept, line upon line. Maybe you don't remember everything I say. I know I've been told I I give you a lot. I dump a lot on your plate. And you're you're still tasting the first thing I dumped and Three more things have come. Three more servings. That's, that's just how I do it. I've, you know, Bob Presto Shelley is my example. It's how he did it. And my attitude is, you're going to get something. If I put so much food on your plate, you're going to get something. And eventually, if you're smart, you'll keep coming back to that plate and get to eat all of it. That's the great thing about being able to download these things and listen to them later. It doesn't cost you anything. But this is the time with a 2020 vision to stop being the way you were before. Stop accepting what the enemy has done to you, what your family has done to you, what loved ones have done to you, what you've allowed them to do by choice. Now, I'm not saying get out of a relationship. You're in a bad marriage. The Bible's clear about that. If it's not adultery, you can't get out, but you also don't have to be molded and conformed to their wishes, their foolishness, their sin, you need to take a stand. Maybe you're in a bad friendship or a bad job or whatever. Until the Lord tells you to go, you don't go. Because there may be an opening there, maybe something he's trying to show you. But the fact is, if you keep doing what you did before, expecting a different outcome... According to supposedly Albert Einstein, that's that's insanity. You're doing the same thing over and over. You're going to get the same result. Well, this is the time in 2020 with 2020 vision to be a part of the awakening remnant, to be different, to do different, to make a difference. So, Father, I come to you in the name of your Son, King of kings, Lord of lords, Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus, the Messiah. And I ask right now, bestow upon your children the spirit of revelation and knowledge of you. Open up their mind. Let these words seep into their soul and their spirit, even their DNA. Whatever the enemy's doing to block it and to deflect it right now, we shut it down. We say to the enemy, be still, be silent. Be gone in Jesus' name. Be filled right now with the Holy Spirit. Be filled with his word. I ask you to walk with them. I ask you to hold them. I ask you to to guide them. Maybe some as babies, some as children, maybe some as stumbling adults, whatever they are, Lord. I pray right now through your love and your grace and your mercy, you'll straighten them up. The shoulders will go back. The knees will no longer be bent over. They won't be lame. All spiritual lameness gone in the name of Jesus. Let the fire burn. In the days ahead, we're going to get those candles and the wicks trimmed, and we're going to get the fire burning, and we're going to check the oil. Make sure that you have enough because the darkness is still here. We didn't get rid of it. We're in the midnight. We're in that time. But we're in a time of blessing. We're in a time of breakthrough. We're in a time of change. And you choose right now to be a part of that change. You, right now, from your heart, look up to the Lord and say, Yes. Yes, I want this change. I am a part of this change. I am a part of the awakening remnant. And I am here, Lord, to serve you and to be used by you. So, Lord, we say that. From our heart, from our mind, from our soul and our spirit. Deep down from inside of us. With hind's with feet, with the feet of deers, we just climb up. We get up there and we get that higher perspective. And you, Lord, are our high perspective. You are our high tower. Our fortress. Our shield and our deliverer. And I just pray all these things in Yeshua's name. Amen. The Awakening Remnant, we're going to pick this up next week. Until then, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Give you shalom. I'm Richard Grund. This has been The Porch on Firefall Talk Radio.